0: Hey, everybody. I'm Oren Pellet from Law Trades, and we are finally back with another episode. As always, I'm joined by Matt Margolis. Matt, how you doing, man?
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back.
0: Cool. All right. So let's take a look at what we are going to be talking about this week after our two-week break. So this week, we're talking about Elon Musk. Uh, he's closing the door on that Twitter deal. President Biden has thrown in his hats into the abortion rights fight, and New York is taking a novel approach to gun safety. So we're going to talk about that. Some smaller stories this week. Oklahoma's jailhouse lawyer, that's a pretty wild story. Japan is doubling down on cyberbullying, and the Dutch get serious about work from home. So we're starting off with Elon Musk. So after a month-long saga about his attempt to buy Twitter, late on Friday, after the bell closed at the stock exchange, he filed a 13-D saying that he is done. He is out. He is no longer going to buy Twitter. And now Twitter is taking that to court and they're going to sue him. What are we looking forward to, man?
1: Now, if you've also been following, you probably just saw that Twitter's lawyers filed a complaint in the Delaware Chancery Court seeking to enforce the agreement.
0: So I'm outside of law. So Chancery Court, what exactly is that? How is that different?
1: Now, when I say enforce the agreement, there's a specific performance clause, which if you're not a lawyer listening to this, a specific performance clause basically says, hey, you're doing this. I'm going to force you to do whatever the agreement asks you to do. So that is going to be fascinating. If that provision isn't enforced, then you're probably going to see the billion dollar breakup fee, the famous billion dollars enforced, which is a lot of money. Granted, this is a whole transaction is a $44 billion transaction, I believe. But a billion dollars is a billion dollars. So we'll be fascinating. We'll be very fascinating to see what Musk's lawyers say in defense. Likely, it's going to be something about the bots, which... Again, if you're not following, Elon Musk has claimed that Twitter has this ridiculous amount of bots that was not publicly disclosed, or at least wasn't disclosed to Musk, and that the information was not fully provided where he can make determination on how many bots were actually there. So will be fascinating to follow. I'm definitely staying tuned.
0: So we have talked about this before, and I still do not understand Elon Musk's motives because it seemed like from day one, this was never going to happen. And we just talked about this before we started rolling here that, yeah, there's going to be a lot of fees from all this. So, well, no doubt we will continue to talk about this. And it looks like Delaware is going to have a pretty, pretty expensive and heavy rumble going on uh, in Wilmington there. All right. Well, next up then, kind of shifting gears here. So Mm -hmm. after the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade late last month, a lot of people put pressure on President Biden to, to step up and do something through his executive powers. So he finally, on Friday, signed an executive order, the details of which are pretty vague. He's leaving a lot of it up to Javier Becerra, who is his Secretary of Health and Human Services. But he did something, right? Is he? It doesn't seem like there's much he can even do, right?
1: President Biden has utilized his executive powers to help protect women. And after, again, the overturning of Roe v. Wade, what we're seeing is effectively the president ordering HHS, which is the Department of Human services to take additional action to protect and expand access to abortion care, including access to medication that the FDA approved as safe and effective. Right. Also, the president, I believe this is fairly recently, the president is also enforcing, or at least put out an executive order relating to emergency services, Mm. saying that certain emergency services must be provided. And that this act preempts state law, which you'll see, you know, in various states trying to provide for no abortions in any, in any circumstances, mm-hmm. will definitely be something to follow. And I'm, I'm certainly hopeful, this is coming from me, I'm certainly hopeful that we see something, whether it be a codification of Roe v. Wade or something yeah, I, very, very close, come down the pipeline soon.
0: Which has always been, as he said, he, at the same uh, press conference, he said, for God's sakes, there's an election in November, vote, 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 vote. That's just kind of been his take on this, really. I will say, though, that, that Senator Elizabeth Warren, and, and she's not the only one who has said this, but, but she's kind of really calling this out and, and fighting with this. She is saying that what Biden, what the administration can do is effectively on federal lands in these states that are now uh, banning abortion or about to, is to provide on federal lands abortion clinics. I don't want to say that's an extreme step because banning abortion is an extreme step. But
1: I don't either. I And I've heard the similar talk. I've also heard military bases and things of that nature. So I don't know, potentially. I mean, arguably, you'd, it would have been disclosed in that EO, right? He disclosed. Mm-hmm. Gosh, It would be at least laid out that the intention is to use federal lands for X, Y, and Z. So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that right. could be the plan, but right. it sounds like it's not.
0: And I'm curious if he just kind of stepped out and said, here's the EO. I'm going to now leave it up to mm-hmm. Secretary Becerra. And Becerra is now going to be tasked with, well, how do I set up abortion clinics on federal land? Or now it's going to be his task to kind of figure that out, maybe, or on his own, rather than just have Biden do it. Or or I don't know. I don't know where they stand on all that, you know. We'll see what happens. We'll see what they come up with. We'll see what the next steps are. But uh, but yeah, other than vote, it doesn't sound like too much of a plan. (laughs) All right. So segueing to the effects of another Supreme Court decision from last month. Last month, the Supreme Court said or uh, nullified effectively New York's ban on concealed carry outside the home, uh, other than a few kind of very select cases. So now in response to that, Governor Hochul and the people up in Albany are going to enact what they say is a check on social media accounts from the past three years. And I know that you had some thoughts on this kind of just before we, we logged on, right?
1: Yeah, I. It sounds at least preliminarily. It sounds like it's a First Amendment issue. You don't, taking. You know, basically, you're looking at someone's speech online, right? Whatever they're saying. Granted, it may not be a speech that I like, that you don't like, but maybe taking that speech and saying I don't like that speech, so they shouldn't be entitled to a gun, or I think based on the speech, they're they're violent, or I think they're not psychologically sound. And granted, that may be the case. It really may be where you read something, you're like, this is an unhinged person. Yeah. But that being said. The government really can't make that call from social media. Right. So it's, and which kills me because I think the Supreme court handled the first case relating to seal carry wrong. And now we get this issue, which now I think is the flip where I don't think New York is handling it correctly.
0: So it it almost just sounds like they're like, well, we need to do something to to kind of set up another restriction and, and they got it maybe wrong or they're setting up a, a, a different fight, a First Amendment fight, which is not what they wanted to, to set up is what it sounds like.
1: I, I, I think so. I think that's incredibly yeah. fair.
0: Interesting. I mean, it, it sounds like blue states are going to try to figure out whatever they can to, to, you know, restrict things because we have a serious issue on our, on our hands in this country. Yeah, we do. And the Supreme Court and red states are going to keep fighting. So we'll see what
1: happens. It's... <laughs> we'll see.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, Let's take a look at some of the smaller stories that we're covering this week. This one is wild. Attorney Jay Silverman, or Silver Nail, already off to a crazy start with his name, has been disbarred by the Oklahoma Supreme Court after he continued to practice law post-conviction while sitting in a jail waiting his sentencing. No way. Wild.
1: <laughs> what? Like, you wonder the confidence level of people, right? Like, like, like you have literally... <laughs> We have rendered you speechless. You yeah, have, <laughs> I can't even speak. It's like the craziest thing. Like I'll say this: it's like, uh, like I think a classic example is like a banker commits extensive amounts of financial fraud. It's like ah, don't worry about it. It's cool. Don't worry about it. Can you imagine being a lawyer? You you know you're you're in jail and you're like ah, it's fine. I'll advise you on what the law
0: is. It's absolutely bonkers. Like it, to what? me, it just sounds like like Wild West stuff. Like this is like a holdover Nuts. from the eighteen eighties, and yet it's still happening. Anyway, okay, <laughs> well. <laughs> Another thing here the Japanese parliament has significantly increased punishment for cyberbullying because there was a, a suicide of a popular reality TV star o- over there. Mm. She was suffering from all sorts of online harassment uh, and so the parliament kind of upped the punishment from 30 days in jail to like a year and the fine is now up to about 2200 US dollars which is not nothing. So good it for them. No.
1: I mean listen it's it's Outside of Japan, it's a huge problem. Of course. I, you hear about it from from kids, right? I mean, I heard about it from plenty of... I mean, they're not necessarily kids anymore, but I remember hearing from many Gen Z folks that were growing up, and they are like, it's a constant. It's mm-hmm. a near constant. Mm-hmm. So there needs to be punishments in place. Granted, I mean, I don't know what the level of punishments are, and Japan's government is completely different than our government. Yeah. But I think, especially if you're leading someone to kill themselves, I mean, gosh...
0: This is, needs me something, right? And this isn't the not not the first celebrity in Japan or otherwise, even in this in, in, the, sure. in the country, who, who, who has committed suicide as, as a result of this. So, and
1: it's, it's brutal, an issue. And it's absolutely brutal. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely.
0: All right. Well, let's end then on a positive note, shall we? <laughs> Elon Musk. <Not> a, <laughs> what is the? Oh, we didn't ring the bell on uh, on unions. So, <laughs> well, maybe <laughs> next week we'll have that again. But. In the Netherlands, it looks like they're about to enact work from home is going to be just a basic right there. Wow. If you request to work from home and your job, you're able to perform it just as well from home, your employer has to, uh, has to consider it. So that'll be one of That's the first awesome. countries in the world, yeah, that will have work from home as a, as a legal right.
1: I don't know about it being a legal right, but just generally speaking, I mean, it is like how do you? I mean, yeah, I think you're seeing a trend at least in the states where people are being told to come back to the office. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to go back. Me personally, I don't know how to go back.
0: It's been over two years. Yeah,
1: it's I. That plus, I mean, the fact that like you know, COVID is still a thing. Mm-hmm.
0: And,
1: you know, it, it, child care is still is an issue. Like, it's just, I, I hats off to the other ones. I think that's fantastic. I guess, and off of your point.
0: What is the argument now? We've proven that it's more cost-effective for everyone, the employer included, to at least be hybrid, if not fully remote. So what is the argument at this point to say you must, unless it's some very specific task that requires a group, what is the argument?
1: I think it depends on the industry. I think as a whole, there's still this notion that you're not as productive unless you're in the office being micromanaged by a boss. Maybe that's true for certain industries. Maybe that's true for certain individuals, but I think as a whole, I don't mm-hmm. necessarily agree. But I think that's probably the the big argument, and then the smaller sub arguments are probably morale,
0: bonding, all that. Yeah,
1: yeah. That lear- bonding, learning, especially like for me as an attorney, right? Like it's it may be a lot harder to train a junior associate remotely right. as opposed to being in the office. That Mm -hmm. I actually, I do understand. Mm -hmm. I've been in that scenario where I had to train someone during COVID. And it is hard. It definitely is hard. It's doable, but it's hard.
0: Well, it's just about to get harder in the Netherlands, I guess. (laughs) Well, all right. Well, those were the stories for for this week. So uh, I'm glad we're all back. Uh, It's good to see you, Matt, as always. And um, we'll do this again uh, next week. Likewise. Cool. Thanks, everyone. See
1: you next week.